You're listening to Toronto's number one real estate podcast, powered by Watson Estates. The most successful local real estate investing starts right here, right now. Here's your host, broker, investor, and social media influencer, Bradley Watson. Hey investors, Bradley here from Watson Estates, and you're listening to the largest, fastest growing podcast for Toronto real estate on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you've been listening to my show for some time, you know I love to think like an investor. Don't just think like everybody else. Well, I've met a couple dudes today, which their names are John Finley and Aaron Laycock. You've probably seen them if you are on YouTube or one of those social platforms. They are the co-owners of the Finley Mortgage Team. Some great guys, and they take very much the same approach as it relates to your mortgage. If you're looking to approach the mortgage industry as an investor, it's very much different than just a typical conventional lender. And so today we talk about what that kind of looks like and how through creative financing, you're able to get some deals done that otherwise might not have happened or the banks would have said no. So I had a great conversation with them today. We talked about everything from A lenders to private lenders and everything in between. And I know you're going to love this episode and learn a ton. If you could, and if you are enjoying our show, please hit that like button. If you have any questions, you can leave that in the comments below. Enjoy the show. Josh, Aaron, thank you guys for being on the show. How you doing? What is going on, man? Thanks for having us. We're doing really good. Yeah, it's been, uh, it, what's what, Tuesday or, or Wednesday? Honestly, that's it. That's how busy the week has been. I'm not quite sure what day it is. I know it's the 24th. Track. Yeah, I lost uh, a little bit of track. That's okay. I mean, we're recording this podcast actually four weeks before it came out. So this is the end of February. We're chatting. I actually recorded four podcasts today. So but we're going we're gonna to hammer through this. And I'm great. actually really excited. I've been looking forward to this one through the whole day today. Um, awesome. because I haven't had a mortgage broker on our show for some time. And if there's some street credit out there, you guys got it. And, uh, I, I want to hear from you. I want to get to know a little bit about your business behind the scenes as an investor, but before we get started, you guys got to tell me a little bit about your story, about your company and, and this partnership you got going on. Yeah. A little bit of a, a little bit of an origin story starting to it. So Aaron and I, uh, met in university. Um, way back, I would say second year university. Um, so about seven years ago now, yeah. uh, it started out as obviously a friendship. You know, we went to university together. He took kinesiology. I took criminal justice and law. So completely different than what we're in right now. Um, you know, as you find your way through life, you, you sometimes realize that maybe what you went to school for wasn't what you're supposed to be doing. We both kind of finished school, tried to figure out what we wanted to do, did a few salary jobs and, found uh, one of our mentors kind of brought us to this specific realm of finance. And you don't really think about it. You know, everybody owns a house. You're like, okay, you got to get a mortgage at some point in your life. But like, other than that, it didn't really put me to any deep thought into the process or, you know, the economics behind how that works. And then I got introduced into this world and we realized very quickly that uh, investors are underserviced in our industry extremely. And we wanted it to make our mission to help as many of them as possible and create new products and be their voice in our industry. So we decided to create the Finlay Mortgage Team. So we are a Dominion Lending Center franchise. Um, we do own the brokerage and we are decently new in regards to owning it. Um, we are growing our team and uh, you know, we, I guess, kind of started focusing on social media about a year ago and um our whole mo is just empower investors through the knowledge that we have so we found out very quickly that there isn't enough knowledge on the financing side of either multifamily or investing it's kind of like this weird quasi gray area that maybe some broker can do this or maybe somebody can do that so we decided we wanted to learn as much as we can and we wanted to put it out there for everybody and 
now we're uh, we're helping people scale their portfolios on a mass scale. Yeah, I think the first thing we noticed, like even when we were first learning, you know, like three years ago now in the mortgage space, trying to find, you know, hey, like, hey, how does this get done? And you're and you're YouTubing stuff and, and looking up on Google, and there's a whole lot of American content, but there wasn't a whole lot of Canadian content. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of noticed that. And, and as we got more involved with the investors and, uh, you know, the, the Cashflow Tribe was really our first jump into the large investors there. Um, and we realized there wasn't anything like, uh, you know, trying to provide content, uh, trying to get ideas as to like what to go off of, like what are other mortgage guys doing in the industry? There was just nothing to pull from. And, and we really realized that, you know, hey, there's a there's a big hole in this space and, and it's totally available for someone to come in and just pour the content into. And, you know, when we first made the decision to do the content, we didn't want to be the guys who are like, hey, 12 mortgage secrets, click here. And then there's an email chain and then you got to sign up and you have a, like a phone call and I got to collect like, you know, all your data. Like, no, we just wanted to- I'm not going to change my bloody marketing strategy. <laughs> the funnel's broken here. <laughs> I need to know your blood type, uh, you know, all these things. But no, you know, it's- you know, we just realized that, you know, like, hey, like 98% of these investors need to use a mortgage broker, you know, one way or another. So let's just provide as much value as you can. And that's how we're going to set ourselves apart from everybody else is, you know, even if we tell them everything for, in most of the circumstances, you know, they still need to use someone to, to get that mortgage for them anyway. So we don't mind sharing all the details, all the secrets. And we go into some pretty deep content sometimes showing the behind the scenes, like, you know, how do we actually underwrite to get you guys into your, your fourth, sixth, seven, eighth property, right. And, and showing the power of, of an offset. Um, and, and we've done literally just screen shares of us recording, um, like underwriting and, and put those out there. And it's not the most prettiest, um, of content, but it's, it's just letting people know like how it works and Hey, look, like watch the numbers change in front of your face, watch your debt ratios change from 80 to 36. And now all of a sudden, Hey, now you're into a mortgage and now we're working with the magic. So, um, we, we tried to provide as much value as possible and, and just hope people appreciate it. And if they want to work with us, you know, we're, we're more than happy, happy to work with any of the investors. So, yeah, everything you guys are saying is I have experienced too. I mean, even in the real estate side, like you, you wish there really was more as far as content. You're right. There's not a lot of content nearby. Very much the same principles we have on this show is like, just share. I mean, what's it going to cost you? It costs you literally nothing. And there's people looking for that information. So I think it's great. You're filling that void. I guess the question is you guys are doing a ton, like you're putting out a lot of content, putting in a lot of work and through, through different calls as well. And I guess if I was going to ask you before we get into some of the nitty gritty details, why work so hard? Like, why are you guys putting in all this effort and energy? I'm curious the motivation for you guys to do all this. Sure. I mean, other than obviously you know, helping, like having a direct impact in what you do for a living. So I, I've done you know, salary jobs before, just sales jobs. Obviously you know, it pays the bills and does what it does, but you know, having a lasting impact in, in the community and being able to see people or help people truly get ahead in life you know, definitely is a benefit and helps us kind of move forward. And we get to see the progression. It's not like you get okay, a transaction, okay, you go away and I never see you again. Like I I get to plan out your whole life essentially as to, you know, your, your wealth planning, how are you going to buy the properties? How are you going to give them your kids? Like, you know, creating that process with our clients, you know, it's more than just a client-based thing. So obviously, you know, getting up and doing that and helping your, your friends eventually, um, obviously, you know, we, we work in finance. It's not, you don't get terribly compensated. So there's, there's that. 
and uh, you know the, the greater goal of financial independence in general, you know, owning your own business, working for yourself, growing something that's going to be lasting. You know, Aaron and I and our other business partner, um, we have a very ambitious goal. So you know, we want to create a household name where you know, investors can go and they can know that they feel comfortable with you know, getting their services completed. And there isn't a current brand out there right now that's doing that. So. You know, just working towards an overall goal is something that gets us up every single day and we shoot the content and we do the phone calls and we make sure that everybody's taken care of. So, you know, there's got to be a little bit more of, uh, of an incentive than just getting up to make money every day. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing that, you know, we've noticed with a lot of the new investors and, and we're starting to notice a lot of really young guys getting into the investing game as well, too. And there's just a, you know, a, a lack of financial literacy and understanding out there. Um, you know, we deal with a very specific portion of that financing, but, you know, we work with other industry partners, CPAs, lawyers, you know, um, financial advisors, anybody who, who works in the industry with us, um, you know, referring and, and being able to provide that, that team for investors to work with, you know, just trying to expand their growth of knowledge and, and their understanding. And, um, you know, it, it's, we're, we're trying to do what we can to kind of help them grow. And, and like Josh said, it's, it's a lasting growth, right? You're like real estate is generational wealth. You can pass that down to your children. Um, you know, what you can do with that liquid network that you start to create over the years is, you know, you, you can really do anything with it. it. It's really endless at the end of it. Um, and the relationships that we build along the way. Um, that's one of the things that we like working with the investor side um, is everybody is about building the relationships and, and on the first time home buyer side, you know, you can still build relationships, but it's, it's not as frequent transactions. So, you know, even if you do try to stay in touch, you maybe work with a first time home buyer once every three years, you know, maybe they refinance a couple of years down the road and you get to work with them again. But some of these investors are buying so rapidly, uh, you know, we're, we're dealing with three or four transactions in them, uh, with them in, in like six to seven months sometimes. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, we're constantly on the phone with them talking about things like, Hey, got a property, want to run it by you guys, or, Hey, what do you think about this strategy? Or, you know, there's always something. And sometimes we just, you know, we're on the phone for a couple of hours and we haven't even talked about a deal yet. It's just, it's just conversations <laughs> and you get caught up and, and just chit chatting. And it's, it's such a different vibe and energy that you get. Um, and you know, we're social guys. So we, we like that, um, like that relationship side of it as well too. So it's, uh, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't really feel like work when you know everybody on a first name basis and you know about their lives and what they're doing and the investing community is so intertwined especially when you start getting with these off-market properties you know hey like john's selling a wholesale deal to susie but you worked with susie in the last one and then like it's just everybody starts showing up and oh yeah you know i know them and it's just it's it's such a big community and it's so intertwined and it's it's fantastic to be a part of so true so true okay so <clears throat> so get to know a little bit about you guys so let's get in the nitty-gritty okay so we talk about how investors think one way you guys are creating the system to speak to investors. What's the difference? Like if we were to try and describe a traditional lender and kind of how there would be service versus what investors are looking for, what's the difference? Um, and, and I agree with you and I can see it, but I'm curious to hear it from you guys on how does an investor think? Like, how is that different? And, and how, I guess where we'll end up going is in what ways can we service them? But for right now, I'm curious of that kind of difference in thinking. I think creativity and, and flexibility is really what most of the in investors are looking at. Um, I know part of our growth on the investing side of, of mortgage knowledge is, has just been investors trying to push the envelope of what they can do to get into a deal. You know, like 
one thing we hear a lot of is other people's money, um, 100% financing. You know, we hear a lot of people who reach out and just want to find a way to get into a deal without putting any of their money down. And it's doable. Uh, you you got to have some tools and help us. But, um, you know, there's so many creative investors out there that, you know, at least once a week I get something and I'm like, okay, like I haven't really heard of this, but yeah, like, let me look into this for you and see what options are out there. And, you know, we'll, we'll call our, our industry partners, you know, get their thoughts on it. Um, sometimes the, the lender side, they're even like, yeah, I don't think I've had anybody ask me that question. Like, let me run it by our credit department and let me see what's doable. And sometimes there's a solution. Sometimes there's not. And, you know, it, it, it just helps you to expand your knowledge. Um, and that's probably a big way that we've actually grown and, and learned a lot. You know, mm-hmm. some of the, some questions that people ask us are like, what kind of books have you guys read for mortgage brokering? Um, and like, I haven't read any books specific to being a mortgage broker. It's, it's asking your lending partners questions and just figuring out what their limitations are and, you know, forcing them to go to their credit department and their managers and say, Hey, like, tell me what's a yes. Tell me what to know. Where do we have to do to come in on this and just figuring out what they're comfortable with. And you start having those conversations enough that you really just understand their processes and what their credit team's okay with. And you just grow your knowledge that way. Yeah, no, I, I agree with everything Aaron said. I think uh, I think investors demand a certain level of foresight, uh, more than maybe what a, a regular banker would be able to give just in regards to being able to only offer a certain suite of products to somebody. Whereas an investor is looking long-term as to how is this one transaction going to affect me when I have six properties? Like, is this transaction going to be what's going to handcuff me two or three properties down the road from now? Like, how is that going to affect me? And I, I, I'm not throwing any bankers under the bus, but bankers, people who work in the banks, are the only people in Ontario or some of the only people in Ontario who can give you a mortgage without actually having the license right. to go get the mortgage license, right? Like those people generally have knowledge of an overall, the overall financial market. So they're the same people who are going to sell you your RSPs, your TFSAs. They're also the same people who are going to give you a five-year fixed rate mortgage they're not going to ask twice about what your plans are in the next two or three years to be able to buy more property. And if you don't have the foresight to be able to see how maybe a fixed rate mortgage is going to handcuff somebody in two years when they want to buy another property and use that equity, then you're going to have a problem, right? So having the knowledge and keeping your finger on the pulse of what's going on in the market that's consistently changing every single day is what most investors are demanding right now. It's like, you need to have somebody who knows what's going on every minute. Cause you know, most of our investors now know that rates are going up tomorrow. Like, you know, if you, if you didn't know, then you know, your bank isn't going to tell you until it's too late, you know, you're going to lock in. <laughs> so <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, you, they demand something a little bit more than what the market's currently offering at the, right now. Yeah. And just to make it fair to the bankers, there are very uninformed independent brokers as well too. So it's not, there's some really good bankers out there and bank mortgage agents um, and same on the broker side, but it, it goes both ways, right? It's yeah. whether you're working with a bank guy or whether you're working with an independent, just make sure that they're specific to what you're looking for. Someone who deals exclusively with first-time buyers doesn't understand the ins and outs of what an investor is going to need. So, you know, whether you're working with us, whether you're working with a bank, whether you're working with another independent, just have that conversation, ask them, you know, have they been around um, investors for a while and just make sure they have a grasp of what you're going to need moving forward. Yeah. And obviously you guys are here to answer questions and a lot of people have these questions, but oftentimes you don't know what question you need to ask. 
Mm-hmm. And so like, for example, this number of property issue is something that might be new to some listeners. I mean, that, that can be a real issue that you didn't even know that you needed to ask. So I think having that is important and having that kind of in your tool belt. So could you maybe give me an example, maybe another example of a scenario where someone's been told no for a property they were looking at, specifically an investor, where you guys through this type of creative financing you're describing made it happen? Um, just to kind of give us a bit of a, an example of how that plays out. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I can definitely touch on it. I'll, I'll just talk about a generic example. I won't give any names, but uh, we'll say investor number one went to the bank, um, has a good job. Him and his wife probably have decent income, good credit. Um, they make a decent amount of money on paper, salary employees, and they are looking to get their third property. They have their home, million bucks in Toronto, and they have a rental property in, say, Hamilton, for example. They got a million dollars, a little north of a million bucks in mortgages. Um, and they go to the bank and they say, hey, look, I want to buy another rental property. Well, your GDS and your TDS ratios on the conventional side are maxed out. Like you're, you're at 39 and 44. I can't extend you any more credit. So essentially they're sitting there like, okay, well, what do I do? The bank is saying, no, I, my personal income, I can't raise it anymore. Like, how do I, like, I can't go to my boss and say, hey, I need an extra $50,000. That's not going to be the easiest way to do that. And I can't raise the rent on the current rental I have because I have a lease in place. What am I going to do? Well, you come to us and, and we have taught people how to use rent in a different way. So instead of using an ad back, so taking 50% of the rental income and adding it to your gross income, and then qualifying the way a conventional bank would, you can use the rental income in a different way. You can take a larger portion of it and offset the total expenses on your property. And then that will then lower your GDS and TDS ratios to be able to get you in line to purchase that next property. And there's some really aggressive products out there in the market right now, and which will allow you to, some of them allow you to offset, some of them will allow you to take a surplus um, you know, it's a handful of different ones that allow you to scale your portfolio much faster than a conventional bank would with the limitations that they have. So, you know, we run into quite a few people who are just maxing out on their personal income, but they want to continue to take advantage of the compounding and cash flowing effects of real estate, but they don't know how to do it. And you know, those creative financing solutions that, you know, we have access to help people scale their portfolios. Yeah. And, and that's really where I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. And sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there, but that's really where we, that's kind of the market that we target and we, we want to work with. And, um, you know, the, the big five banks are very peculiar. They have these set of rules um, and they follow them when they want to. And then if you're someone they want to have on their books, um, you know, they'll, they'll throw those rules out the window and, and, and help you out. And, and we've seen people who have 15 bank mortgages um, and which is like, unheard of with a lot of people unless you're one of these higher type profile individuals and i think that's where people start to kind of get frustrated with the bank is like why are you picking and choosing who you want to help out and who you don't want to help out right and and i get it it's it's business based we understand and and that's kind of where we come in and because our business is just our own business and our business is to help people get in so we're able to get them into those alternate solutions and i think another client that we really see too is business for self guys guys who make a lot of money, but don't show up, uh, you know, they write it down on the taxes. Um, you know, we're able to utilize a lot of business for sale pro type products where we can start qualifying them based off of that gross income that they're showing. Um, so, you know, maybe they're making $200,000, but they're only showing $40,000 on their taxes. And we have products where we can use 70 to 90% of that gross income and qualify. So, you know, maybe instead of qualifying at 40, we can qualify at $160,000. And now you're in a brand new, you know, it's a brand new application to brand new games. So, um, you know, 
the B side is, uh, you know, it has a bad rap and something that we've been trying to kind of change is, is just the opinion of a B lender. You know, it's not a private lender. These are federally regulated institutions. Um, you know, they follow industry standards. Uh, they, they follow general under, underwriting guidelines from the insurance companies. Um, so, you know, they're, they're great products and some of the rates right now are, are crazy. You can get owner occupied rates at 2.54, 2.74, which is less than what a triple A mortgage was a couple of years ago. So, you know, it's, they're competitive products and, and they work really well for, like Josh said, expanding your portfolio after three or four properties and really well for, for business for yourself guys as well. Man, you got a good example too. That was great. Loved it. <laughs> Way to go. Okay. So you mentioned private lenders. So we talked about A, we talked about B. Let's go private. We're going to talk about privates here. That's yep. kind of, that came off really wrong. <laughs> <laughs> why? why for, so I want to look at it from both angles. I want to look at it from the perspective of you're going to, why would you want to assume a private lender pay the fees, which we can talk about what that looks like and these higher rates. And then we're going to jump into why maybe private lending is an option for investors. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's kind of go, let's start with the first one. So in what scenarios does it just make sense to go for a private lender? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I guess I'll talk about using private lending and you'll talk about doing private lending. Yeah. Sure. Using private lending. This is like a tool in our tool belt. So I want to caveat this conversation by saying that there are people in this space or lenders in this space that do give private lending a bad name. Um, private lending, if anybody who the listeners don't understand, it is a interest only loan, usually decently expensive um, to the point where people might ask you, why would you ever use that expensive of secured money to be able, like, why would anybody do that? Logically do that. Well, we use it as a tool. Um, you know, there are many investors who need short term loans, such as people who are doing flips. Um, people who need open terms where, you know, necessarily a bank isn't going to lend on an asset that is underperforming or a bank isn't going to lend on an asset that um, is in disrepair. So if a house is in disrepair, you know, most of our clients see dollar signs because it's like, I can just put a bunch of money into it. I can flip it, raise the equity in it. I can sell it. Well, a bank isn't going to give you a mortgage on something that isn't marketable. So, you know, using a private lender who is more of an equity-based lender. So that person is going to get a value on a property and then they're going to lend based off of the true value of the property. Usually a first position mortgage is roughly around 75 to 80%, depending on the area. Um, and those rates are between like, th there's many types of institutional and non-institutional private lenders. So there's mortgage investment corporations, which are federally regulated institutions that have pools of private capital that they lend out to the market. Um, they have decently aggressive rates. They're, you know, starting at like four and a half percent, and then they go up to about eight percent. And then you have mom and pops who are a little bit less stringent on their underwriting parameters, and you're looking at between like seven to ten percent. Um, now, one of the caveats to using this as a tool is that the overall expenses of attaining this mortgage are higher than what a normal mortgage would, would cost you. Um, usually you're seeing between one to 2% on a, on a broker side and one to 2% on a lender side, depending on the type of deal, the complexity of the deal, the location of the deal. Um, this is a great tool that we utilize for a lot of our larger multifamilies um, that are underperforming assets. Um, a lot of private capital firms have these niche markets that they lend in. Um, that they understand that, you know, the repositioning of larger properties with private capital and moving them into a conventional loan, you know, there's a huge market there. So, you know, there, there are many ways that somebody could use private capital to help them grow in their real estate. 
Um, it's just a matter of using it as a tool and not as a crutch. So we're trying to switch the paradigm around and we're trying to have people utilize it as a tool. And, you know, it, it works great for people who use it properly. Um, it's just a matter of understanding the risks, understanding the costs, and understanding your exit strategy, which are the three most important things when you're getting a loan. Yeah, love it. Yeah, and I think to summarize essentially the entirety of what Josh just said, it's, it's just cost of opportunity. You know, like what, what is the cost of not, you know, the, the cost of opportunity of not getting into that, a lot that of project, deal, right? Deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? And, and you know, like as a, as a forward, you're probably not gonna make money on the project cash flow wise in that first year, just because the interest rate is so much higher. You're going to have some fees and stuff, you know, like the two sets of lawyers. So like, just prepared to see, you know, the numbers on paper, not look, you know, they're going to look red. You're going to be in the negative and cash flow for that first year. But are you just looking at producing cash flow in the first year? Or are you looking at year two, three, four, five, six down the road, right? When the property is now functioning at hundred percent, you've, you renovated it. You got the rents up there. Now you're really starting to cash flow. And, you know, what is the cost, the cost of opportunity to, to miss out on that or to get into that property, right? And that's just something that we talk about all the time. And that really sums up everything what, uh, what Josh said. So, um, and, and let me ask you guys, so Aaron as well, like, why would someone want to be a private lender? Like, I know we've got a lot of, there's a lot of money right now in Canada. Yep. There's a lot of um, money and investors know that they should be using it, not letting it sit there and, and getting cobwebs or something. So, is, is this maybe a viable option for someone like who, what's the type of person that should be maybe considering private lending as a, another income source? Yeah. So there's, there's two types of, of lenders out there. There's your unsophisticated and your sophisticated lenders. And depending on what you are um, you know, you're, you might need a little bit of help from a broker to be able to facilitate the loan. Um, if you're unsophisticated, you know, it's, it's your first time. Um, one of the guidelines is having, you know, a certain net worth, um, or a certain amount of income coming in per year. So if you don't meet those, there's forms that the broker like ourselves can fill out on your behalf to make sure that you're aware of all the risks and disclosures. Um, when you're sophisticated enough and you have enough net worth and income coming in, you know, um, some of these lenders have originators working for them. So there's, um, you know, guys who used to be mortgage brokers are just putting together and facilitating these loans for, for groups of investors and putting their capital out for them. And in that case, you, know, you have a licensed broker doing that for you. Um, but I think the big thing is just how hands-on do you want to be with your investing? Um, some of the investors that we talk to, you know, over time, they don't want to be landlords anymore. It's a lot of work being a landlord. You have to, especially if you don't have great tenants um, and being a landlord in Ontario is really tough too, just because your rights aren't the same as in, in some of the other provinces. So, um, you know, if you're tired of managing the building, having to pay for the maintenance and the costs and the repairs and constantly going out there, finding tenants, paying for the property management. Um, another way to invest is putting your money out. It's a pretty healthy return being able to put your money out privately and, you know, making eight to 10% on a first position mortgage. You're not paying for your lawyer fees. The, the borrower pays for the lawyer fees. Um, you have a small uh, lender fee that you probably charge up front. Like most of our lenders charge somewhere between one to 2% of the loan amount up front. So you're making a little bit of that money back right out the beginning. Um, at 10%, you know, if you have a million dollars out there and you're looking to put it out and you put it out for 10% a year, that's a pretty healthy return on, on your money. You know, there's a lot of investors that we, that we work with and, and their goal is to have a certain amount of cash flow per month. And well, how much money do you have to spend in real estate to be able to produce just 
a hundred thousand dollars in in cash flow. I can tell you it's not a million dollars. It's probably a lot more than that. So you know when you take a look at, I want to say simplicity in a sense where you know the the amount of money invested is a lot less to be able to make a much greater return in in cash flow than you would really see investing in properties and, and making that rental income cash flow. Yeah, I think my favorite part about private lending in general though is that you have the choice to lend on the deals that you want to lend on. So if you're looking for that hands-on experience with like with a broker and you approach them and you want them to find you a deal, you know, you can choose the the geography that you want to lend in. So if you want to lend in the GTA and first position mortgages is at 75% loan to value, and that's your uh, threshold for risk, then that's your threshold for risk. We'll find you a deal that's in GTA, 75% loan to value. Uh, If you feel comfortable with the value of the property in the area and you understand the real estate behind it, you can very much mitigate the risk associated with lending the money out. Now, again, really important to understand the risks of lending money and, you know, the leverage that you would have in, um, in a private mortgage transaction. So, you know, a lot of our, as Aaron was saying, a lot of our clients who decided that they wanted to sell their real estate portfolios or a portion of it and just put it into private lending, a million bucks is going to give you a hundred thousand dollars a year in cash flow. Two million bucks is going to give you $200,000 a year in cash flow. And if you think about all the wealth that all these investors have made over the last decade, two decades, you know, a million or $2 million to diversify your whole portfolio isn't, isn't a great amount of money if, uh, in the grand scheme of most of these people's portfolios. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mention, I mean, in your own property, let's say it's, it's a line of credit on your home. I mean, you compare rate with rate and it, it just kind of makes sense. And I think as people get more involved in investing, as we kind of see this next generation of investor take hold, there's going to be more opportunities for people to private lend to them. Right. And, and kind of vice versa. So awesome. So, I just want to, I want to create a platform where you guys can share what channels you have. You guys are putting out a ton of great content. Just maybe you can share, where can we people find you on social and online? Yep. For Everywhere. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we got a, a YouTube channel that we're trying to grow right now. I think it's the Finley mortgage team on the full YouTube or and yeah, YouTube. And then our Instagram is uh, at the Finlay team. Um, so it's just without the mortgage team and they're just the Finley team. And then we have our own personal, um, uh, handles as well on Instagram, uh, Jfins22, yeah. I think. No, just Jfins. Okay, yeah. I'm wrong. And then uh, mine's Aaron FMT. Um, FMT is a Finley mortgage team. And uh, we're really trying to grow the YouTube. Um, that's where we put a lot of our content. Uh, you know, we have some little shorter videos on there just with some quick to the point details and then break down some of our larger stuff. And then, um, you know, just quick little like still pictures and stuff on, on Instagram to keep it fun with some, with some memes mixed in there. So... <laughs> Uh, you know, got to keep it fun. So yeah, we do. Yeah. We, a little bit of shout out. We have a media team who takes very good care of us who, you know, would, we wouldn't be here. wouldn't be able to do what we do without our media team. So you know, they, uh, they make sure that all of our content is posted regularly on all of our platforms. So whichever platform you like to learn in, whether it's YouTube or Instagram or Facebook, you know, we have live streams on Sundays. You know, if you guys have any actual live questions you want to ask us, feel free to drop in and, and give us a shout. We're always available. Um, we're just leveraging that power of social media to be able to have real conversations with real investors. Awesome. Well, we did that today and I know I learned a ton of stuff and being able to chat with you guys has been really awesome. So thank you for taking the time and guys, I encourage you to like this video, you know, leave a comment if you have any, any questions for Josh or Aaron and uh, look forward to watching you guys grow. This is going to be really cool. I really appreciate you guys taking time to join us today. Yeah. We appreciate you having on, man. Yeah, thanks for having a, us on. Great time chatting.
Okay. Take care now, guys. Cheers. Cheers.